Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Brush Clearing Services. Are you interested in building a healthy, sustainable habitat for a wide range of wildlife? If so, Brush Clearing Services and their 20 years of wildlife management experience should be your first choice. Brush Clearing Services Environmental Land Clearing Treatment selectively removes vegetation, leaving desirable trees and root structures undisturbed. Mulch left on site accelerates natural decomposition and reduces soil erosion while increasing soil moisture. Check out their full line of property and land services at www.brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. And also brought to you by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients to your deer? If so, try Southern Buck Food Plot Blends. Your deer will love it. At Southern Seed and Feed, they specialize in making textured feed for horses, cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, chickens, small animals, and wildlife. Their products are proven irresistible, scientifically formulated to promote excellent herd health and hunter satisfaction. They supply products to various distributors throughout the South. So visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662 726-2638 726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Joe Bayer here, joined with my co-host, Bush Theory and Clint Flowers this week. Guys, you know, as hunting seasons wrap up, we got turkey season in place now, but as hunting seasons start to wrap up, I start thinking about next year a lot. I mean, I spend a lot of my off season thinking about what hunts I'm going to put together, if I'm going to do an out-of-state hunt or, or go hunt something I hadn't hunted before. You know, I'm thinking about my own property and, and habitat management and just getting things ready for the next season. It's 365 days a year for me thinking about hunting. And one of the things that uh, I've really had a lot of enjoyment doing over the years is going out of state to hunt ducks. This year, I I really want to take my wife. She's never been on a really good duck hunt. And and I want to get her, you know, into a good flyway and have her have a good experience. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about booking the best guided duck hunts. Really, the types of hunts that are available out there, kinds of questions that you need to ask yourself before you really start even beginning your search. And then once you've narrowed down those guides and outfitters, what can you use to help you make your decision? Clint, I, I know you've had an opportunity to do some some out-of-state duck hunting. You know, have you had good and bad experiences? Yeah, we've had both. So it's been a, you know, it's hunting. So you never know what mother nature is going to give you. Right. You're, you're right in that it is hunting, but then it's one thing to have a bad experience because the the animals aren't there, you know, the game isn't there. It's another thing to have a bad experience because you get there and it's not what you expect expected. it to be. Yeah, yeah. So not what you were promised. Yeah. So on today's show, we're talking with Logan Moe of Mallard Bay. Mallard Bay really specializes in connecting hunters with all different types of outfitters, including duck outfitters and duck guides. And we're going to be asking him to give us his experience because uh, he's working with a wide range of outfitters, wide range of different types of hunts. I'm looking forward to getting into it with them. Logan, welcome to Hunting Land, man. Hey guys, my name is Logan Moe. I've been going on guided waterfowl hunts for about 18 years now, and I'm the founder and president of Mallard Bay. Our company mission is to make it easier for you to discover trips, compare prices, choose your dates, and book directly with our network of verified outfitters. Ah, very cool, man. So you guys are working with a lot of different types of outfitters. You know, we already mentioned that. I mean, the first thing I think about with, when I think about duck hunts, 
Uh, I kind of go back to something I've got a little more experience with, and that's elk hunts. You know, with elk hunts, there's a lot of variation in the types of hunts you can do. You can kind of on the bottom end, there's there's just drop camps. I mean, there's even probably a lower end than that, you know, where you can go hunt public land and just have somebody basically on call to help you pack an animal out. And it starts kind of down there and then it goes all the way up to really high end hunts where you're staying in a lodge and it's five-star dining and fully guided and everything is taken care of for you from start to finish. Is there that much variation in duck hunts? So there's not as much variations in the duck hunting world. There's really just two guided versus semi-guided. So uh, guided being you have a, a guide that's there every step of the way. Semi-guided being, you know, you kind of have to have your your own know-how and experience and, and equipment as well as knowing where to scout, everything like that. So there's variations within like how the hunting is done. Uh, so there's kind of a pit blind hunting, which is you're in a metal pit in the ground and, and that's a stationary thing that you can't move it around and you're going to be hunting in, in one particular spot every time. Uh, then there's layout blinds, which are movable. You can match the, the camouflage to uh, your surroundings and, and really kind of put yourself on the X or put yourself in, in a place where there's a, a lot of bird traffic. A, a very popular one that's uh, amongst guides, layout blinds are popular, but A-frame hunting is, is more popular not in Louisiana, uh, where, where I'm from, but in the Arkansas and the Midwest, it's really popular to do A-frame hunting, which is basically, you know, it's on top of the ground, you have chairs in the blind, and then you brush yourself into, say, a fence line or, or something like that, even sometimes getting as, as ballsy as just putting it out in the middle of the field. Uh, some people see success with that. But also with that is kind of the field type. So you, you want to think about what is your go-to for, is this, are you looking for a dry field? Is it a feed or is it a roost? Um, if it's a roost, it's probably going to be a, a pothole. If it's a feed, it's going to be more of a, a flooded rice field or a, a dry corn field, a dry pea field or a dry bean field. So other than the guided versus semi-guided, there are a lot of variations to how you're going to do the hunting once you pick guided versus semi-guided. Going back to guided versus semi-guided, I mean, like I think about myself, I tend to, I like to be the guy calling in a lot of respects, at least with turkey hunting, I'm that way. With duck hunting, you know, I can be all right not calling as long as if there's birds flying around, I'm shooting a bunch. I'm, I'm not too upset when that's happening. But, you know, if I was picking a, a hunt, you know, just for me, I would probably lean more towards the semi-guided. You know, I kind of want to get into position and then be on my own in a way. Um, Whereas, but if I was going to bring, say, bring my wife and I really want her to have a, a cool experience, see a lot of birds, you know, have a lot of opportunities, I'd probably go for more of the fully guided setup. So is that a good kind of question to ask yourself in terms of if you're a more of a do-it-yourself or you like to be the guy with the call, you like to be the guy setting out his own decoy spread, maybe go to a semi-guided hunt versus a guided hunt? Yes. So I, I think that the, the world of, of semi-guided hunts is kind of only increasing mainly because outfitters are, are deciding that, Hey, it's better for me to, to le day lease a, a field that I have, uh, for a particular area. And, you know, if you have someone with experience, like you said, you have a little bit of experience, you may have decoys, you'll have other equipment like your guns and, and you won't have to rent anything from a guide. Also, you won't be doing much scouting if it's a semi-guided because it, you're going to be in, in one particular area. Also, what comes with that is kind of the cost effectiveness of it. It's going to be more cost effective for you if you already have all the equipment. But if that's not something that you have already, then it's going to actually 
end up being a little bit more expensive because you got to go out and buy your own equipment. And if you don't have that, then you're not going to see success at all. So Logan, we kind of got to figure it out now how we talk, you know, you want to go to a fully guided hunt or a semi-guided hunt. And Joe's talking about bringing his wife, which she kills a lot more stuff than he does anyways. So <laughs> we, probably, we probably want her in the blind with us anyways. With that. That's right. right. So, you know, who you're bringing with you is going to be a question as well. How much involvement you want in, you know, hunting, calling and things like that. But what are some other questions that our listeners need to ask whenever they're beginning the search, you know, going somewhere to on a guided hunt? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. And it, it's something that, that we focused a lot, a lot on in how we make sure that we're going to provide the, the best experience for you. So the first question you're going to want to ask yourself is, is how far are you willing to travel? That's going to kind of give you a general understanding of, okay, I can go to these states that fall within kind of a, a five hour travel time, making sure that you're not going to start looking in a state where you don't even have the attention of going because of how far it is from you. So that's an important thing to narrow down on first. And then that's when you're going to want to ask yourself the question, do you need a guide or, or do you want to have a guide? right? So do you know what you're doing? That's kind of where the semi-guided versus guided question comes into play as well. If you're thinking of it in a step-by-step -step process, do you have the proper equipment, right? And then, so if you're going to go for a guided experience, do you want that all-inclusive personal experience where, you know, it's just you and the blind, maybe they're providing meals and, and lodging for you, uh, or can you, are you close enough to the location where you can drive in the morning of? Because that's actually going to affect the price per day a lot. And, and it's going to, to change which options you have available to you. Uh, so once you kind of narrow in on what you need from kind of what your personal needs are and, and what you want to do and how you what you want out of the experience, then you can kind of start to think of, OK, well, well, what's our what's my target species? You know, am I looking for mallards? Am I looking for pintail? Are we trying to do a teal hunt? The different types of geese, speckle belly, snows, Canada's. That's something you're going to want to figure out first, too, because a, a lot of outfitters are only going to have one or two of the options. And also, if Kansas is not in your right, it's going to change area, your location a lot, yeah, whether you want to yeah. go mallards or geese or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Exactly. You know, I'll just say right out you're not going to want to go to Louisiana to kill mallards. It's just not right. something that we get anymore, unfortunately, with the changing of migration patterns. But uh, your, your target species is going to really help you narrow down on your price range. So maybe an outfitter that kills straight greenheads is going to charge a lot more than an outfitter that you may get a mixed bag. So determining how many days and that's going to affect your price range as well. So how many days can you afford for how many people? Are you, you know, splitting it with buddies to where you're each paying your own way? Are you doing it as a corporate gathering and you're going to pay for all your employees to go? And then that helps you decide like, okay, it's going to be this many days. What are your dates available? Like, so which dates are, are you looking for? Then you're going to be able to go to the outfitter with a, a almost a plan saying, Hey, these are the dates I want available that, and do you have these available and, and kind of start to narrow in from there. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Yo, actually, I guess it looks like you guys jump outside of the U.S. too. Yes. So Canada is a big market for us. What about Mexico? Anything down there? Yes, we do have one trip offering uh, in Mexico, Mexico wing shooting, and they hammer the birds down there. They've got a, a brand new lodge. The, the guys down there really, really do it right. And we initially started in the U.S. and, and realized that the market opportunity for Canada and, and Mexico are, are pretty big. So Canada being itself a $5 billion market, 
just for outfitting. And they, they keep track of their outfitters and how it's kind of accounted for on a state by state, region by region basis. You can't just have, there's a certain number of allocations you get in a, a particular area for outfitters. Yeah. I've been uh, playing around on y'all's website the last few days and it's, it's, it's almost too many choices. You put in duck and you've got over a hundred options. It's awesome. And a few guys, these guys I've actually hunted with before and some of these areas I've hunted with as well. So it's, it's really neat. And to what you were saying earlier, I was hunting in Kansas a few years ago and the guy I was with where we're from, we're chasing those greenheads because we don't get them. Um, not with regularity. So we're up there. They're coming, the mallards are coming in and droves like gnats. You know, I'm, we're just super excited, right? Waiting, waiting on shooting time. We're blasting them, laying them down. He tells everybody to stop shooting. We're like, what? What's up? He goes, the teal are coming in. It's green wing teal. We're like, what? And, uh, what's wrong with you? He goes, we never get teal. He's super excited. He wants to let the mallards fly off to shoot the green wing teal. I was like, look, man. We look, get teal you, all the time. Yeah. You come down here. I'll put you on all the teal you can handle. We're going to shoot these mallards. Yeah. And uh, so it's just funny to hear how priorities change across the country based on what you're used to getting. Yeah, hey, I guess too, Logan, you know, you, you're talking about how many days you want to go. I mean, all those things are great points. If, if you're wanting to target a specific species of duck. You're just narrowing it down, right? Going yeah, next to niche. Got niche, it, niche, got it. it I mean, maybe you're saying, hey, I want to spend as little as possible and hunt as many days as possible. So you're going to want to look closer to your, you know, where you're coming from. You're going to want to drive in, go, go semi-guided, all those things. But what about dates too? I would imagine like, say you're going to go up to, you know, Canada and do a hunt up there. That's going to be able to, you could start earlier. Right. And yeah. same thing with teal, you know, those, those things could start earlier too. So when, when you start, you know, Clint mentioned it, he's been playing around the website, tons of different options out there. Do you guys have filters where you can say, all right, of utmost priority to, to me is that I could go hunt ducks in October or that I will go be able to go kill mostly mallards or you know, these kind of things. Can folks kind of filter out what doesn't work for them? Yes. So we have the ability to, to filter by state or species right now. Um, you're also able to filter by hunting or fishing trips on, on our platform. Uh, so once you search uh, a particular state, that's kind of why it's important to have an idea of which state you're looking at. Um, then you can filter more into detail by species. And then we'll also be adding the capability to filter by dates that outfitters are available. Um, it's on, on our end, it's something that, that we're focused on providing. We're also going to be providing a, a mobile app, which when, when the mobile app launches before this next season, we're going to have the, the capability to filter by date as well. So that's why it's kind of important to narrow your search down beforehand. You get to a site like Mallard Bay. So you have the plan in place kind of, so to speak, on where to narrow your search. Because if you go to a, a platform like ours and you don't have any idea of what you want, you may get lost. And part of the reason why I started Mallard Bay was because I tried to book a trip in Oklahoma because I heard, you know, they're killing mallards in Oklahoma. I'm like, oh, what's all this about? So I went to Google and just typed in Oklahoma Outfitters and and kind of went with the the first one I saw, got a, got a hold of them. But what ended up happening from that and me not doing enough research beforehand, and we can kind of get into this in a little bit, you know, what makes an outfitter or a guide really good or, or really bad. And, you know, we just had a poor experience. It was a trip that I tried to plan because we have done it annually for a while and I wanted to plan it as a surprise and it just didn't work out very well. So I, I went to the drawing board and was like, hey, maybe other people are experiencing this too. Come to find out it is a common experience for for people to have a bad trip, you know, not kill anything. Like we didn't end up killing anything. And, uh, you know, yes, it is hunting, but you have a chance to set yourself up for success 
by doing your own research and finding an outfitter that fits the the criteria that you're looking for. Speaking of that, I mean, to make sure that you've got the most options, I mean, what is the normal advance time you recommend for making sure that you've got a good selection of places to go? Right now is is the best time to to start looking at next season. And that's just to to be honest with you, because these outfitters have repeat clients as well as, you know, they're looking for new clients. So it's really a first come, first serve basis. So when an outfitter opens their books in March, that's the that you're going to get the most options in terms of availability in March. Come last minute in November, you're, you're not going to have those options there. You're not going to be able to get your pick of the litter, so to speak, with these different outfitters. So, I mean, March, April and May are great times to book because you've already got it figured out by the summer and, and other people are trying to scramble to, to find dates, find outfitters that work, but you've, you're sitting back and you've already got your trip planned for next year and you can start to get excited about it. And a, another benefit of our platform for, for outfitters is whenever we do fill up their books in advance, it gives them the peace of mind to say, hey, you know, now that my books are full, I don't really have to worry about the booking during the season. I can focus on the experience and, and you know, making sure our clients get the, the best experience possible. And so that's what we're all about is making sure that not only is the booking process uh, a great experience, the, the end result that you, you get is the outfitters there to provide that service personally. Definitely, man. That definitely makes sense. And that brings me to my next question. You're talking about these, you know, the getting your pick of the litter and the good outfitters have, they do have repeat customers. We do a lot of charter fishing down here. And I mean, there's people that step off the boat and they book that same, that same exact yeah. date, you know, years in advance. So is there like a review process on your website or how, how do you know, you know, if, is there a, you know, a backlog of great reviews or good experiences that people can share with other consumers? So uh, a unique part of our outfitter vetting process is that we're going to do our research as a company to make sure that we're partnering with outfitters that are reputable. And, and one of the best ways to do that is to simply take to Facebook where a lot of these trips have been booked traditionally and type in the name of the outfitter and just say, you know, Joe Blow Outfitters and see what comes up. And while we don't have a review system right now, we're actually going to be implementing a review process come the next couple of months. So it's a, a two-sided approach. You know, you want to do your own research, go to Facebook, look at what's there, take everything with a grain of salt because, you know, people are going to trash people just because they don't like them or they didn't have one thing that went right. And, and you know, on, on Facebook, you kind of get to see both sides kind of clash together. So we do imagine ourselves having a two-sided review process. The first being like, let's take in the reviews that they have on Google first, and then really allow, once we have more sportsman booking, them to leave their own reviews. Of course, you can always go and leave a Google review on, on, on Google uh, for any outfitter you've been with in the past. But that's a great way to do your own research and make sure that, hey, not only am I seeing this outfitter on Mallard Bay, but they look like they've done their research because I went and kind of verified that as well. Guys, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors, Bucks Island Marine. At BucksIsland.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, and bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks. They love trade-ins, which provides a steady stream of used boats, and they can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department, or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. 
And also brought to you by Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. If you buy it today, you pick it up today. They offer 20 Sherwin-Williams colors to choose from and a 40-year warranty. Baker Metal and Dixie Supply, two names, same great service. With the addition of their new store in Cantonment, Florida, they now have eight locations to serve you. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks, your metal roofing headquarters. So now we've narrowed it down. We've decided we want to hunt X type of duck on X date for X many days. And we know what the hunt, to, what to expect from the hunt. We've narrowed this down and we find there's, there's three outfitters or five outfitters that fit the criteria for what we want to do and who we want to do it with. What sways your choice at that point? You know, as somebody who's in this industry, but has also booked a lot of hunts, what really makes a guy the quote unquote best in their business? I mean, are there ways to determine on paper how to make this choice if these, they kind of all look the same? Right. So that's a great question. And, and I think it kind of goes at first on the outfitter and, and how their brand is viewed by, by others, say on social media, right? The social proof from, from social media, right? Because uh, a guide that you're going to be with is really only as good as the outfitter that they're working for, because in some cases they've learned everything that they know about guiding from that particular outfitter. So think of it as a, as just a regular work environment. If there's toxicity going on there, you can kind of tease that out by how you, how they talk to you and how they treat you. Are they responding to you? Are they being communicative? Are they getting back to you in a timely manner? And of course, going and verifying that reputation, but how do they do their scouting? You know, do they have a good team around them? Do they, is it just a one man show? Because if it's a one man show, there's no guide scouting in the morning that you're, you're out there. So they may miss a, a roost or a particular opportunity if there's no guides out there scouting. So do they have enough team members around them to provide a good hunt the next day? Uh, really getting to understand them on, on a personal level, asking them, you know, how do you guys do your scouting? Will you overall, just as a person, get along with the per person that you're hunting with? Do you absolutely love the guy or do you just kind of get a lukewarm taste in your mouth? Maybe you need to kind of look elsewhere. And a big part of this, the reason why Mallard Bay exists is because there's a, a communication disconnect between the outfitter and the sportsman because they're, they're keeping up with so many different clients it's really impossible for them to, to get back sometimes um, and they may forget and they're, they're not keeping track of their calendar in a place that's online and, and they really take a while to, to answer your questions. Yeah, that's, I think you said it. I mean, pay attention to some of those subtle cues. If you're getting a bad feeling, you maybe ought to look, you know, continue your search. But the other thing, that's, that's a really good idea. You know, asking them how they scout and how big their team is so that, you know, if it's a, like you said, if it's a one man show, right. you may have, a, have good, a, may a good first hunt, but what's going to happen once you burn that spot out, you know, what about that? I mean, is it, some, is it something to pay attention to, to how much land or how many different spots they've actually got to hunt uh, or how they set up those hunts? You know, like, do you need to ask if you're going to be put in the same spot every single day for three days or are they going to move you around? Like, is that go into that scouting? You know, how do you scout kind of, kind of question? Yeah. They're going to 
put you in the same spot or they're going to find the birds and take you there. Right. Yeah. And it depends on the outfitter. There are outfitters that have land that they've, they've hunted for, for generations that have always just been banger. Right. And then there's the the outfitters that are out there busting their ass scouting every day, having to get permission on land that, you know, they may find a good roost, but they can't get permission on that land. Maybe they don't have a relationship with the farmer where the birds are, which is, you know, that's not going to be a good situation for you. So maybe you, if you want a little, take a little risk out of it, maybe you go to an outfitter that, Hey, this is a, a pit blind. They've, you know, have a, a good track record in terms of success, but most of the outfitters are going to be moving around and, and actively scouting the day in, in weeks leading up to it. So they know, have a general area of like, Hey, this is where the feed is. This is where the roost is. So we know exactly where we can hit them in the morning and the afternoon, right? That's what you want to know really going into it and teasing that out of the outfitter and also how many clients they run per day. Are you going to be in a private blind with just your group? Or are you going to be stuck with 14 other people? You know, great point. So those are the things that that lead to poor experiences because the expectations aren't understood beforehand. And if an outfitter is is telling you you're gonna, you know, you're automatically gonna limit out, you're gonna, there's there's no chance of of not getting any birds. Chances are they may be embellishing a tad. <laughs> just a tad, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, at in the end of the day, it's hunting, not killing. Of course, everybody likes to kill and everybody likes to hunt, but sometimes the cookie crumbles the wrong way unfortunately yeah. joe's used to not killing but he still wants to shoot a lot yeah i just want to still see wants his breakfast made in the blind yeah, i just want that yeah. good sunrise photos my man <laughs> you know he wants to shoot his five box of shells and come home with two ducks <laughs> that's right so that brings you to another point i mean if you're in a traditionally jam up spot as an outfitter and you're just having an off year you know it happens like you say it's hunting not killing yeah. so we but and it's one thing to have had jam up jam up jam up then you have an off week unbeknownst to you or for reasons you can't control but if you've had a continuing trend in a year of not having really great hunts and you've got people lined up you know spending a lot of money to come to you what do you see as the norm from outfitters as far as their kind of their i guess ethical line that they feel either morally responsible or legally responsible to tell somebody look hey you know we should postpone or you know let me hold your deposits next season or something because we're just not seeing the numbers and i don't want to waste your time is there is there kind of a, a golden rule on that or is it just a, a risk you take? So there is a little bit of risk that goes into that because every outfitter is going to have their their own cancellation policy, right? One of the, the great things about having like a company like us in between is that you also have somebody to, to go to if things aren't working out the way you planned. And sometimes it's really about is the outfitter at least focusing on things that they can control, the communication, the lodging, the meals, you know, the things that make an experience great, even if the hunting is, you know, so-so on a particular day, even if the birds aren't working in a particular area or the birds are stale close to the end of the season, the ethical side of things is solely dependent on the person that's running the, the outfitter. They have a, a livelihood to maintain and keep up and they may be used to a particular lifestyle. So yeah, you could have an outfitter that is purposely screwing people over. And, and that was a big reason why we focus on, on getting reputable outfitters and, and having a verification process in place, because we can't just have anybody come and create 
an outfitter on Mallard Bay that we don't know about and then start charging clients. And then they never even provide a hunt, never touch base with the customer. Like we can't have that as a company because that creates a poor experience on our, on our for our sportsmen. And so the answer to your question there is there is absolutely a, a standard way that outfitters should conduct business and a company like us can help facilitate that and create that over time. I wish that it could happen overnight, but unfortunately, just the way the industry's run for so long, there is so much toxicity in the way even outfitters talk about other outfitters that only because they're in the same area trying to lease the same ground, are they talking shit about each other? When in reality, both provide a unique set of experiences for their repeat clients, as well as their new clients. One thing I've noticed here already is I can plan trips like like we were talking about earlier, north to south, based on the time of year, it gets me super excited. But, you know, outside of that, tell me about, you know, really what you guys bring to the table value-wise for, for hunters out there versus going just direct to these outfitters one by one over and over the way that people have traditionally done. Right. So I, I think that's a great question and, and very important for, for me to answer. The answer that I have to that is that, we're really providing the quality control aspect of it, as well as shortening the, the time to deposit process. So you putting in a deposit with us guarantees that you're going to get that date. Um, and there's, there's no chance of double booking through our platform. Uh, an outfitter will not have a scheduling conflict because on their end, they're required to accept or, or deny a request. So you're not even, even if you make a decision to book with an outfitter on Mallard Bay, unless they accept that, your card isn't even going to be charged. And we, we do charge a, a small convenience fee, uh, less than anything like Airbnb or VRBO would charge uh, 8%. And then on the, the outfitter side of things, it, we incentivize them by only making them pay credit card processing. So we're able to attract the best of the best outfitters to our platform because we're the lowest cost solution. And the outfitters that are providing the most trips and have the, the most repeat clients are, are choosing to go with us because that is a value that we bring to the table. We're bringing not only the sportsmen, but the, the security of the payment. You're not sending off a check in the mail, just hoping that you're, the outfitter is going to call you a week before, hey, you're still coming on your trip. No, this is done through a platform just like Airbnb or VRBO, where there is a level of security in place. And that way, you know that there's someone to go to potentially get your money back if you have a, a, a bad experience. And so us playing in that, that role is really the value that we provide and why we charge a, a small convenience fee on top of that. Yeah, I've had a few trips. I wish I would have made through you guys then because it could have saved us a lot of money and headache. Yeah, sounds you just, like it. You don't ever know the first time you go with somebody, you don't know how professional they are. You don't know what right. their business admin is like. You really don't. And a lot of times the best guides are not that horrible great communicators. At business. You know, I mean, <laughs> they're good at killing ducks or catching fish or whatever it is. And that's why they got into the business. And so this, this, all this other stuff is like the last thing they want to be messing around with. It's very cool, Logan. It's been fun talking to you about this. You've asked, you answered with a lot of really great answers that I've been jotting down notes here, just thinking about this all. I mean, really helped us dissect the different types of hunts that are out there, questions people need to ask themselves, not only about what they want out of the hunt, but out of what they want out of the outfitter. If, if people do want to go check out the platform, start searching, like you mentioned right now, the best guides, the best hunts, they're going to get booked up well in advance. Now is the time to be thinking about this. How do they check out Mallard Bay? That, that's a great question. So you can go to mallardbay.com right now, uh, 
you'll find the, the search bar at the top of the screen. You can click hunting and search, or you can click fishing and search, or you could just use the search bar uh, and search by state or species and, and scroll our available listings. You can view the map on the right side where you can see where they are in the particular area and kind of what price per day they're offering. And the, the best opportunity for guys listening to the, the podcast right now would be to put great days outdoors in your message trip request that you submit. And I'll knock the the fees off of that um, for anybody that booked uh, because of you hearing me on, on the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, very cool. I would love to see that. So that would be awesome. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Don't forget about our sponsors and make sure you support them. Alabama Ag Credit. Buying rural property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and land to tractors and crops, because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. Pretty cool platform, man. And some great, great questions to be asking. I would have never thought to ask somebody how they scout or, you know, how many guys they have on their team or, or even about like, you know, cancellation policy and things like that. Some of those questions you can kind of ferret out what may be going on there. Great, Definitely. great, great points. And, and I personally would, I mean, right now where I'm at with a couple of kids and working hard and all that, like I've got, I'd gladly pay it, you know, 8% to take this off my plate and just let me go hunting. There's so many years where I want to go hunting. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to spend the money and I just get busy and I end up not going or not yeah. doing the number of trips I wanted to because I just didn't have the time to research and, and get something booked. Or takes a lot of, uh, or takes I a lot think of about it too late. You know, I think about it too late and all the good dates are already booked up. Yeah. Or you just don't have the time to put together every little piece. It seems like Mallard Bay kind of takes all the guesswork out of it and takes all the time to research and all that stuff kind of takes it out of it the way they verify their outfitters. I think that's a really cool process. That is. And, and just being able to go to one place to search too, you know, like if you've ever tried to do a Google search for, Oh yeah. It's overwhelming for, for outfitters. I mean, a lot of times the best outfitters are the worst with their websites and, and vice versa. A lot of times the, the ones that have the best website and understand marketing really well, they're not necessarily the best hunt, best experience because they maybe came into the outfitting business from something else, you know, and being able to find those, those mom and pops that really know, know the game in their area. Uh, it's, it's a struggle just trying to use a Google search to do that. The other yep. thing is like the fact that they're not really charging their outfitters anything. That's something that we, we know of, you know, from having been in the fishing industry, Butch. I mean, yep. that's something that those guys and those outfitters, they really don't want to pay a percentage of their like, they're being, like they're becoming millionaires from this every penny counts right and so they're going to get better adoption also from from guys and outfitters because the person who's booking the trip is paying for it and uh that makes a lot of sense to me too yep yeah if i can take that headache you know off my shoulders and and that and, just a piece really of just, knowing that you're getting the best experience possible really. oh yeah and if i got one group to deal with one group to communicate with for every hunt i'm gonna book and and just you know, really having somebody there to help with this because we're just, we're busy, man. And, and, you know, so you, you make all these intentions to, to make these trips and then you forget about it or you try to book it too late. And then all of a sudden you remember when you see your buddies posting their pictures on Facebook or wherever of their successful hunts and you're slapping yourself going, man, I was supposed to do that. And I forgot. Yep. Yeah. Or I, could, or I couldn't find the right place. So this you, is po you post your sunrise picture. 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. So this is a uh, so this is a service I can't wait to take advantage of. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. You'll join our email list and wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you got a show topic, that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Don't forget about our sponsors and make sure you support them. This week's Hunt Land Show is brought to you by Fatanas Defense. Masters of Darkness is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Fatana 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and their hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultra light, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Patanus Defense, Masters of Darkness. And also brought to you by Alabama Farmers Co-op. Alabama Farmers Cooperative has been serving gardeners, farmers, and everyone in between for 85 years. Visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you. And also Boaters List. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts all the way down to paddle boards and all things in between. BoatersList.com will always strive to make it better on the water. And also, Great Days Outdoors, the South's finest hunting and fishing magazine. Pick up your copy wherever magazines are sold or check them out at greatdaysoutdoors.com.